Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class is brought to you by Get Your Guide. No matter where you are going on your next travels, Get Your Guide offers great ways to connect with your destination and make memories with locally vetted, expertly curated experiences. Things just as examples. You could go whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon. You could take a tour of Pike Place Market in Seattle with a chef. There's a London Royal Parks and Palaces tour. All kinds of options wherever you are going. So discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at getyourguide.com. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. Not putting up with yada yada means not falling for all those extra headaches. If you don't take yada yada in life, don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a Yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. We spent both our episodes this week talking about Emily Hobhouse, something I did not expect to take two episodes <laughs> when I started. She was very busy. It makes sense we'd need she to. She was so busy. Um, I I had no idea about how, like, white nationalists had kind of glommed onto her work after her death and made it into a talking point in a way that reminds me a whole lot of the way Irish indentured servitude is used to, like, dismiss discussions of slavery of mm-hmm. of black people here in the United States. Like, I felt like there was a lot of commonality between those two arguments, and I did not know that was going to be part of the episode. I did know part of the episode was going to be the fact that she was a white woman whose work was focused on the welfare of other white women, excluding the black women and children and also men. There were a lot more men in the concentration camps for Black people that her, her work did not really include them at all. And I just I have many feelings about this that contradict with each other. <laughs> yes, I think that's pretty natural, right? There are a lot of things to both admire and abhor in this 
one person's life story. So yeah, I think it's almost it would be more troubling if you had nothing conflicting as we look. Yeah, at them. we sure. Well, and some of the ways that uh, things like museum interpretation stuff that's really brief uh, describes her sometimes kind of makes it sound like that she just didn't care or that like she didn't bother. And I don't think that was really it. I I think that for some reason that I don't fully understand, she either didn't think she could do that work or didn't think that it was her work to do. She also wasn't, like, just sitting around doing nothing in all of that time. Right. Like, it's absolutely the case that she knew about these other camps and did not help the way she helped other white people. But she does seem to have tried to, like, get someone to help Right. Yeah, I mean, the fact that she was flagging it and being like, this is also a thing that needs addressing. Yeah. Um, mitigates some of my initial, like, girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is also, I mean, I, I find myself torn because on the one hand, I'm like, you see the problem, get in there and help. But on the other hand, I also recognize that every human has limits. Yeah. And, like, it's not like she could save every person that needed help in the world. Right, right. It's like, I I have the parts of me that really, really want to criticize that decision. And also the part of me that's like, she literally worked herself into an early grave trying to help people. Yeah. I'm sitting in my house in the air conditioning making podcasts. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, a thing that we did not really get into is that her brother Leonard, who she was really close to, like he was a figure within the, the within liberal politics in Britain, and he wrote things that were related to racial equality and discrimination and things like that during his lifetime, some of which sounds uh, obtuse at best. Uh, some of it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like a, a white person writing in the 19th century about racism and writing against racism, but is also reinforcing racist ideas. It's like there's that level of it. Right. Uh, Because he wrote a lot about how Britain's colonial empire was subjugating people of color, specifically Black people, and that the, the people within the British empire, like, should have full voting rights regardless of color. But then he would make comments about, like, I'm not really sure if that would work in the United States, though. Uh, And I'm like, yeah, that thing you just said is racist, dude. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you were in the middle of trying to argue for equal legal and political rights and then also said this really racist thing. But he wrote a letter at one point to W.E.B. Du Bois uh, where he said, quote, there is nothing of greater importance for the future of white civilization itself than the establishment of more just and humane relations across the color line. And I was like, I I feel like she and her brother had a lot of mental processes on this subject that were in common with each other, but, like, how it played out into the practical work of their lifetime, there's, like, a disconnect there. For sure. Every single time I read about, wrote about, revised the part about, or described to another person her funeral... Mm-hmm. In South Africa specifically, it really choked me up, uh, both because of just what the thing was like and the fact that she, when she died, she didn't, there was very little attention paid to that fact in any kind of official 
uh, capacity within Britain. And then when her ashes were sent to South Africa, it was a, like, totally opposite story. Yeah. Anyway. Do you know what part of her story gave me pause? I don't know. I found touching a little melancholy is the idea that she had spent so much time traveling around and trying to help other people that she felt rootless. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. That really hit me in a weird way where I was like, oh gosh, can you imagine? Right, because I think for a lot of us, home is so key to our identities and our mental and in many cases physical health, like just having a place Mm -hmm. where you go that is yours and it's your little nest. And like the idea of not having that sense of, I just want to go home because there is no home. Yeah. Is very, like, uh, it breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder if World War I had not happened, whether her focus would have stayed the same in South Africa. Right. Whether she ever would have turned her attention to the Black population of South Africa. Especially in when you get to the the parts uh, toward her later life when she was writing about, like, whether the women's monument was really a monument for all women or only the white women. I kind of wonder, like, whether she would have had a different focus had she continued to be working in South Africa rather than starting to work instead in Europe after the war. Right. Don't really know. I just I have a ton of, ton of complicated feelings for her. I admire the determination with which she did all of this work for so much of her life and also wish her work had been more inclusive. Of course. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those ones. As we said, as we started talking about it, like, there's... You cannot help but have mixed feelings about the whole thing. Yeah. What I don't have mixed feelings about and what I think she would hate <laughs> uh, is how her legacy just became this uh, this Afrikaner nationalist talking point. I don't normally try to speak for people from the past, but in this case, I think her own writing and things she definitely said during her lifetime, I do not think she would want her legacy to be used in that capacity. And I think she, had she lived to see apartheid, that it would have morally totally upset her. Oh, for sure. Uh, So anyway, that is many complicated feelings about Emily Hobhouse. If you want to send us a note, we're at historypodcast at iheartradio.com. Uh, if your weekend is coming up, I hope it's a relaxing weekend. Uh, if you've got work things happening, I hope your work goes as well as possible. Uh, we will be back on Saturday with the Saturday Classic and then next week with brand new stuff. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.